Thank you for joining us once again for Kingdom Rock Radio. Now here's a sample of today's broadcast. So when someone on your job say, oh girl, don't hang around with her. Don't you know what she do? Her skirt is so tiny that you can see her unmentionables. Don't hang around with her. You just turn and say, Pharisee. I'm going to talk to her about Jesus. She needs the Lord. She needs love. Let me love on her and show her that she don't have to get a man with a skirt that short. She can get a man by carrying herself in a way that is glorifying to the Lord and find a good man. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to KingdomRock.org. That's KingdomRock.org. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the rich word of God. All right, let's go to the book of Luke, Luke 15, the book of Luke uh, chapter number 15, Luke 15, Luke 15. When you get Luke 15, I want you to say, I got it. All right, got some popcorn going. And uh, I'm just going to read really verses one through seven. Um, uh, the the entire book of Luke, rather the entire 15th chapter of the book of Luke, really talks about God's attitude. And this is what we need to see today. It talks about God's attitude uh, toward the lost, uh, toward sinners. And it also talks about um, the religious attitude uh, toward the lost, toward sinners. Now, which one of those, which attitude do you think that we should have? Thank God. That's right. God's attitude. We need to have God's attitude toward the lost, toward the sinner. We don't need to have the religious attitude. Are you with me? We need to have the mind of God, the mind of Christ toward the lost, the mind of Christ uh, toward the sinner and not the religious attitude. Now, that was sort of a trick question. It kind of threw you off because a lot of people think that when you think about God, you think about religion. And that is just as different as, as far as the East is from the West. Remember, Jesus did not come to bring us a new religion. He came to, to reestablish a relationship. Hallelujah. A broken relationship. A broken fellowship. Hallelujah. So whose attitude do we need to have uh, concerning the lost or concerning the sinner? We need to have God's attitude. We need to have the attitude of the mindset of Christ. And this is what we're going to see today in Luke, the 15th chapter. This is so thrilling. So let's read a little bit. Luke 15, uh, verse number one. It says, then drew near unto him all the, this again, Luke 15 of the King James Version, uh, verse number one. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners uh, for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. Right away, you can see something happening there, can't you? Verse 3. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, uh, What man of you, having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doeth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost, until he find it? And when he had found it, he lay it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. 
I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Verse eight. Let's go a little further. Uh, either what woman having ten pence of ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doeth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it. And when she hath found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, y'all, for I have found. Let me bring it in. Bring it on home. For I have found my piece of silver. Let me stop right there. For I have found the piece which I had lost. It just comes out sometime. It just. Pray for him. Pray for him. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. And it goes on down talking about the uh, the lost son. It was a lost sheep, the lost coin. And now it talks about the lost son. Won't read it all, but you know what happens. The prodigal son said, give me my stuff. He goes on, he leaves home. He goes out there in the, in the world, quote unquote, and, and uh, spends his money on riotous living and all that stuff. And he ends up in the pig pen and looks up and say, Lord, I don't have nothing to eat. And this pig slop is looking pretty good. He says, I better go back home to my daddy's house. Even his servants have something to eat. And he says to himself, I will say to him, I have sinned. I have done wrong. Please make me as one of your hired servants. So he makes that decision and he goes back home. Now let's see his father's reaction. And he said in verse number 20, and he 20, and he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran in the other direction. No, he ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and and in thy sight am no work, no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said unto his servants, bring forth the best robe and put on him and uh, put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry for my son. Uh, for this, my son was dead and he is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. Now, right away, we can see, I want you to see, it's very important for us to see the mind of God, or we can say the, the heart of God, uh, as it relates to the lost, as it relates to the sinner, and see the mind or the attitude of the religious. Remember, Jesus Christ did not come to bring us religion. He came to restore a what? A relationship. Are you with me? Amen. All right. So let's look back at verse number one. This is something very odd and peculiar. The Bible says that uh, verse one, it says, then drew near unto him the publicans and the sinners. Now, we know the publicans were the tax collectors. Some of your, your Bible versions say uh, instead of publicans, it says tax collectors. These were the um, uh, the people that were Jews 
that were either um, they selected themselves or they were elected uh, to take the position of receiving taxes for the Roman government from their own people. So they were hated. They looked uh, down. The Jewish people really looked down on the tax collectors. They thought of them as lower than the scum of the earth. Oh, he's a tax collector. We don't want him around here. And then they said, then the Bible says sinners. Uh, when it says sinners here, it's talking about really the, the most vile sinners, the, the wicked sinners, those that were notoriously sinners. Okay. Uh, it's kind of like when you see somebody at the mall and you know what they've been doing and people begin to gossip. Oh, and people point and stare and give you the evil eye and all that stuff. These were the type of people that were, uh, that were drawing near to Jesus. Isn't that something? It says here, they drew near to him to hear him. Everybody that the, that the religious rejected. Now, verse 2 tells you of the Pharisees' heart, the religious. It says, the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, this man, calls him this man, receives sinners. Receives there means to welcome, uh, to admit into his presence, to, uh, to uh, give access to one's presence to accept them, not to reject them. He receives them. Now, in order for you to receive something, somebody has to give, give it to you, right? If somebody doesn't give it to you, you're not receiving it, you're taking it. Okay? I have to give you something, I offer you something, and then you receive it. These people, these publicans, these sinners, were simply offering themselves to the Lord, offering themselves, saying, really, will you accept us? Will you accept us? Will you accept us? And the scribes, Pharisees, the religious community, uh, they really held Jesus in contempt because he received them. He accepted them just as they were. Now, here's the key. Jesus received them just as they were. The Bible did not say that they were reformed sinners or reformed tax collectors. It does not say that these people used to do these things. It says they were right then tax collectors, publicans, right at that moment, right at that moment. They were sinners at that very moment. And Jesus opened his arms and received them. Doesn't that just blow your mind? Now, the religious community, obviously, they have an attitude of rejection. You don't look like us. You don't talk like us. You don't walk like us. Your hair is not long enough. Your dress is not long enough. This and that and the other. They reject them based on what they were doing. But Jesus received the person. Here again, having the mind of God, the mind of Christ toward the lost, toward the sinner. Jesus receives. The religious rejects. Jesus receives. The religious rejects. I would even go as far enough to say that that the Lord Jesus would would receive you. And I I don't know if you're going to receive this or not, but I'm going to tell you anyway, because I got the microphone. That the Lord Jesus would even receive a man with a crack pipe in his hand. With the bottle, with the bottle, beer bottle in his hand. Why? Because that same man, if he would go around, the religious would tell him, uh, the religious would tell him, put that down first and then come to the Lord. Well, look, let me tell you something. If I could put this down, then why would I need Jesus? 
but I'm coming to Jesus because I can't put this down. I can't stop doing this. This thing has power over my life and I need a change. See the difference. See the difference. Jesus accepts them right where they are right at that moment. He says, come, you are welcome. Listen, you can't clean a fish until you catch it. It is not that Jesus loves the activity. He loves the person. You understand? Don't throw the person away. The person is good, but it's just something that's in the person and on the person that needs to be taken care of. And Jesus sees the difference between the two. The religious fail to see the person. They only see the outside of what's going on. So, again, we need to have the mindset or the attitude of Christ Amen. toward the lost, Amen. toward the sinner. Thank you, Lord. Now, that is particularly challenging, Thank you, Lord. especially when you begin to know a few scriptures. Thank you, it's particularly uh, challenging when sin begins to or the fault of sin begins to get under your skin and you see people involved in sin. Mm. And if we don't watch it. You begin to try to be their own Holy Ghost and try to correct them when God is doing the work in their lives. We are not authorized to do that. Only the Father will do that in his good timing. Are you hearing me? See the attitude of God and the attitude of the religious. Here again, the Bible says they drew in verse number one, they drew near to the Lord to Hear him. We want to hear what Jesus says. We know that Jesus has words of life. We know. And the, the Lord said, if you will continue in my words, then are you my disciples indeed. And you will know the truth and the truth will make you free or set you free. In order for them to be free, they had to hear the word. But how many times have the church rejected people based on outward appearance, based on what they have been doing and have not received them as Jesus has? Are you hearing me? If you continue to hear the word, we will be made free from these other things. And as we grow in maturity in Christ, you realize, hey, I don't need that anymore. I don't need that pipe. I, I don't need that bottle. I, I, I don't need to be in a relationship with this person. I, I don't need that. You begin to grow out of that. I've told you my testimony before that when I was younger, I really liked my G.I. Joe doll with a Kung Fu grip. Why do you keep bringing it up, Pastor? Because there's a special place in my heart for that G.I. Joe doll with a Kung Fu grip. I'm sorry, it was actually an action figure. It wasn't a doll. But, at, yes, action finger, Deacon, uh, figure. Praise the Lord. Okay. So, but as I began to grow older and mature, I began to play with that doll, less action figure, less and less. Right? When I was younger, I, pray, I played with the big wheel. You remember the big wheel? You ride around that thing. But as you grow older, you begin to play with it less and less and less. Some things we just grow out of. And as we mature in the word of God, the word matures us and it changes us. And we begin to grow out of some things. 
And so many people have had the testimony, and I had the testimony that when I became to know, when I came to know the Lord and receive Him as my Lord and Savior, I began to mature, and the things that I used to do, I don't do anymore. Not because someone told me not to do it, but because it's just not a part of my life anymore. I've grown past the need for that. Are you hearing me? And so here are these sinners, these publicans, coming to Jesus because they need a change. They're wearied. They need a change. They're coming to hear the words of the Lord. Well, the religious wouldn't give them the word. Now, if they, if they are uh, being rude to Jesus for receiving them, do you think that they were welcome in their church? No, no way in the world would they would welcome the sinner. Oh, get that sinner out of here. Publican, oh, no, no, get out of here. No. But how can, how can the lost ever be found if we don't receive them? Are you hearing me? Now, let me show you just a few more things and then we'll go on. So the miracle moment here is that, um, is that the wicked sinners and the tax collectors were drawn to Jesus. And they still should be drawn to the Lord's church today. When the sinner or uh, in this case, the sinner and the publicans, when they no longer feel comfortable enough to draw close to Jesus, to be drawn to Jesus, something is wrong. Then the church no longer looks like Jesus, but it becomes a more of a religious institution. Amen. Are you hearing? Amen. This church should be for Jesus and have the characteristics of Jesus and everybody that's in it should be for Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. I know it's tough, but listen, I want you to see something here. So they were drawn to the Lord Jesus and, and uh, we can muster some reasons why, or let me give you some reasons why they were drawn to him. And maybe because here again, the Lord Jesus could separate them from what they were doing. He could see the value in them apart from what was on them or in them. Jesus can see the value of people. The, the scribes and the Pharisees could not see their value, could not see their worth. They only saw the sin that was on them. But the Lord sees our value and our true worth. Jesus sees your value right where you are and your true worth. And because he knows your value and your true worth, he decides to leave the 90 and 9 and go after you. He tears the house up trying to find you. And when he sees you coming like that prodigal son, he doesn't meet you with judgment and criticism. What you do with all my money I gave you, I thought you were all of that. You said that you're going to go out and sow your oats, huh? You asked me to give you the money and I gave it to you. Now look at you. You don't have any shoes on your feet. Look at you. You don't even have the right clothes on. And you want to come back in my house? Shh. Anyway, are you hearing what's being said? No, but the father welcomed him. The Bible even says that the father ran out to him. That's aggressive love. He ran out to him and he fell on his neck and he embraced him. Before the son had any words to say, the father showed love and acceptance. 
And then after he embraced him, then the father set about to change his clothes. You got on some dirty clothes. See, what's on you looks like sin. You got on some dirty clothes. So, hey, give him this robe to put on. Get him some shoes to put on. The father begins to clothe him. God begins to clothe. Are you hearing me? This is wonderful news. This is wonderful news. I want you to see something here. So here again, the Lord, we can see why the sinners were drawn to Jesus because he saw them for who they were. The religious called them sinners, but Jesus simply called them lost sheep. They're lost. They're lost. And remember, he received them. They were offering themselves to him. They wanted acceptance. How many, I wonder how many people have, have darkened the doors of a church or somewhere and they wanted acceptance. Will you accept me? But how many times or, or if they were thinking about going to church and they say, well, I, I better not go because, you know, you know, they may look down on me. I may not, because I have these earrings that's all up here and going to my lip, my nose, and going down to my shirt to places we don't want to talk about. Maybe, maybe they won't accept me because I got all of this. Maybe I got too many tattoos for them. Maybe my hair is not long enough. Maybe I'm not wearing the right type of clothes. I don't have any church clothes. So maybe they won't want me because of how I look. Are you hearing what I'm saying? How many people have decided not to go to church or decided not to follow Jesus because of the religious crowd that said that they were followers of Jesus? That did not have the heart of Jesus. Are you with me? Now here again, it is very clear that they were sinning, still sinning at that moment. That they were still serving as tax collectors at that moment that Jesus received them. Are you hearing? Amen. Now I want to show you something else. Now look, I want you, I want you to see God's commitment because we see this here in verse number four as well. It says, um, uh, what man of you having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doeth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost? Until, say until. until. Say until. until. Say until. Until, until he finds it. Yes. He's going to keep searching and searching and searching and searching and searching until he finds you. Yes. Now, are we lost? Are we in a place? Now, when we talk about lost, lost sheep, it is not that God is saying that uh, he does not know where you live. He does not know. He doesn't know your geographic location. But how many of you know that you can be lost in your own house? Not that you don't know where your kitchen is. You can be lost and feel lost and abandoned and wonder where is God? Wonder who am I? Where am I going? Be so confused. 
So the Lord is not saying I will. He will not. He's not saying I'm, I'm going to GPS you and come to you. He's saying I'm going to find you in you and bring you out of you. Hallelujah. Bring you out of darkness. Bring you out of depression. Bring you out of anxiety. Bring you out of fear. Bring you out of torment. I will find you. Oh, isn't that something? The Lord will search and search and search until he finds you. And after he finds you, this is wonderful because after he finds you, the Bible says in verse number five that he will lay us on his shoulders. Lay us on his shoulders. And he'll carry you. What does shoulders? Shoulders always represent strength. Strength. Because obviously, if we've been out there and we've been lost, you know, I'm not sure how many of you have ever really felt lost before. Lost and alone. Not only is it physically draining, it is mentally draining and emotionally draining. When you think that nobody cares for you, that nobody wants you, and those that are carrying a Bible or some type of religious book won't even talk to you because they know that you work in the strip club, because they know that you are a drug dealer, because they know that you're on the pipe, because they know that you drink a little bit too much. They won't even talk to me, and I just want to know about Jesus, and they won't even let me in their church. But Jesus comes to find me in me and bring out the best that's in me and pull it out. Hallelujah. He is not like the religious. The religious want you to change first and then they'll accept you. But Jesus says, come to me just as you are. You see, you see, that is without excuse. Because remember, we're not crazy. You're not crazy. If we could have stopped it, we would have stopped it a long time ago. If we could make ourselves better, if we could delete it, we would have deleted it. But we can't. So we come to a savior in need of saving. Save us, Jesus. Save me, Lord. And he's going to keep coming and coming and coming and coming and coming even to the deathbed. He comes and comes and comes and comes and he knocks 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 because there's something valuable in you that he wants. That he sees that the religious do not. So he comes and he picks us up and puts us on his shoulders. Realizing that we do not have the strength to make it back to his house. Because that's exactly where he takes the sheep. He puts the sheep on his shoulders and he takes the sheep home. The Bible says in verse 6, and when he cometh home, he takes the sheep home with him. Hallelujah. We don't have the strength to get to where God is. I don't have the strength to be good enough. I don't have the strength to read my Bible every day, to pray every day, to come to church every week. I don't have the strength to be good all the time. That's why he picks me up and puts me on his shoulders and he carries me. It is by his grace that I am saved today. By his mercy that I stand before you today. We should have been dead a long time ago, but his grace and mercy has brought us in to his divine favor and he's still carrying us today somebody say praise the lord i need jesus to carry me i can't walk that walk by myself 
So he picks us up realizing that we do not have the strength to make it back to his home. And one day we want to hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. But we won't hear those words because we've been so good. We won't hear those words because we, because we stopped this and stopped that. We'll hear those words because we allowed him to pick us up and carry us to glory. Hallelujah. And when he does that, we get home with him and then there is a great rejoicing. Now look at verse number seven and we're beginning to close right here. Verse seven says, I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repents. What does repent mean? To turn, to change direction. What are we changing direction from or what are we turning from? Everything that is destructive, that is destroying our lives. Sin, hear me, sin is a destroyer. Sin will destroy your marriage. It will destroy your home. It will destroy your relationships. Sin will cause you to lose your job. Sin. Are you hearing me? Sin is a destroyer. And Jesus said there is rejoicing in heaven over one soul, over one sinner that changes direction. And this repenting is not a one-time event. You don't come to the altar one Sunday and say, I repent. I know I no longer need to repent anymore. No, but for the rest of your life, you'll always be turning from something, turning from something onto Jesus, turning from this onto the Lord, turning from anger, turning from rage, turning uh, from lust. You'll always be turning from something onto the Lord to that last time you turn and you see the Lord face to face. Hallelujah. He'll continually walk you through that repenting process until you reach the point that you see him. That's how much he's committed to you. Tell your neighbor, Jesus is committed to you. Now let's see this last thing here before we close out today. Verse 7 says again, I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than... Over 90 and 9 just persons which need no repentance. Now the Lord here is really throwing off on those Pharisees and Sadducees now. Because the Bible says there is none righteous, no not one. These Pharisees and Sadducees thought within themselves. Oh, we don't need to hear what Jesus said because we're okay just the way we are. And so they in themselves, uh, they have reckoned themselves to be just. They have reckoned themselves to be righteous because of the deeds that they do. I'm, I know I'm good. I know he'll accept me because I gave all I had today in the offering. I know I'm good because I go to church every week. I memorize all my scripture. I'm telling you, I know I'm good. I'm, I'm just that good. The Lord said, There'll be rejoicing in heaven over that one sinner more than those 99 hellions that are not coming to heaven. They're going straight to hell because of their religious stuff. Y'all ain't talking to me. I'm telling you, Jesus said that they'll be rejoicing in heaven over that one crack addict. Hallelujah. That gives himself to the Lord over these other 99 religious people that say they don't need him. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Let me, can I show you one more thing before we close out today? 
Go to Matthew 9. Go to Matthew 9. Let me show you this. Because we have to have, again, the mind of Christ. You need to see the mind of Christ and the mind of the religious. Understanding the mind of Christ, so the attitude of God and the attitude of the, of the religious, you can clearly see who is with Jesus and who is with the Pharisees. Amen. So when someone on your job say, oh girl, don't hang around with her. Don't you know what she do? Her skirt is so tiny that you can see her unmentionables. Don't hang around with her. You just turn and say, Pharisee. I'm going to talk to her about Jesus. She needs the Lord. She needs love. Let me love on her and show her that she don't have to get a man with a skirt that short. She can get a man by carrying herself in a way that is glorifying to the Lord and find a good man, not some scrub, hanging around somebody that got something. Oh, Lord. Where did that come from? In Matthew 7... Rather in Luke 7, you don't have to turn to it, Luke 7, verse 34, the Pharisees and, and, and scribes again called Jesus a friend to publicans and sinners. Thank God he's a friend. Because if he were not a friend to the sinner, where would we be? Are you with me? Now in Matthew 9, let's go ahead and close out here today. Matthew 9, verse number 10. Here comes a question that they were, I'm sure, asking themselves. They were asking these questions in Matthew 9, verse number 10. And it came to pass as Jesus sat at meat in the house, behold, many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. Oh, my God, what Jesus doing now? Verse 11. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto his disciples, why eateth your master with publicans and sinners? To eat is to socialize. That, that's, a, that, that's, that's acceptance. Why is Jesus accepting them? Why is he loving on them? Why is he spending time with them? We just don't understand why you have them in your church. Are you understanding here? Are you seeing? Verse 12 says, but when Jesus heard it, he said unto them, they that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. Go, uh, but go ye and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice for I am come uh, to call not I am I am not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. Here again, he's throwing off on them. I'm not calling you righteous folk. That you, you're all good and, and holy. Amen. Jesus said, I'm not coming for y'all. Y'all keep what you got. Amen. I'm coming for those that need me. Amen. Are you hearing me today? Amen. Now notice what the Lord said in verse 13. And we got to close out here today. Verse 13 says, the Lord said, I have, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. Now let's go ahead and ring the bell on this. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. Sacrifice. As the Lord is talking sacrifice here, he's referring to the dictates of the law. Now, the law, the Pharisees and the scribes were all about law. And the law in the Old Testament was about performance. What you, if you do good, you get good. If you do bad, you'll get bad. God going to get you unless you do what is right. And so the Pharisees and scribes, they were masters at putting heavy burdens on people to really to control them. It was a system of control to them because as long as they were up and you were down, they could talk about you and get you to do cartwheels and flips so that hopefully you would come to our church and be like us. 
Jesus said here, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. In other words, uh, here again, sacrifice refers to the law. And in other words, they wanted the people to perform, the Pharisees and scribes wanted people to perform for them. Uh, they wanted uh, them to show them that they had changed before they were accepted. Maybe if you would stop doing this, then they will let you in. They'll love you. I wonder if anybody ever felt that way in a relationship before. Maybe if I just change, then they'll love me. Well, that was what the thoughts of the Pharisees and the scribes were because they wanted the people to change first, to become good first, and then we'll let you in. But Jesus said, I will have mercy, not sacrifice. Remember, law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. It's written there in John 1, verse 17. In other words, Jesus was saying, you don't have to put on a dog and pony show for me. Mm -mm. You don't have to put on your church clothes. You, you don't have to do all these things for me to accept you. I will accept you just as you are at this very moment. Come unto me, all you who are laboring and heavy laden. And the Lord Jesus said, I will give you rest. Because they're out there wearing and, and they're laboring, trying to find an answer. They're walking in darkness, trying to find light. And if the church rejects them on the basis of what they do or how they look, then where would they go? Jesus says, go after my lost, go after the lost and show them the love, show them my love. The Lord says, show them my love, show them my care, show them my mercy and you will see the Lord transform them. When they are born again, that is truly converted, the Lord will change them. But it's he, the one, he's the one that does the changing and not us. I pray you've heard the word of God today. We're done in Jesus mighty name. Well, those of you that are here tonight and those of you that are listening by way of CD, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, we're going to say this short prayer together. And I pray that if you pray this prayer sincerely, the Lord will hear you and he will answer you. So if everybody here, would you, would you stand with us at this time? And we're going to invite our Savior in our hearts because he loves us. And he is not here to condemn us. He's not here to embarrass us. He loves you. He loves you. And he does not want distance to be between you. So, would you repeat with me? Would you pray with me? And just say, Father, I come to you admitting that I have done wrong. I have sinned. And I have fallen short of your glory. But I've heard that you're a loving God and that you will forgive me. So now I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. And I confess Jesus as my master, my Lord, and as my Savior. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Live in me. I accept you. And I thank you for accepting me. Now fill me with your precious spirit. I thank you, Father, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to kingdomrock.org.
That's kingdomrock.org.